Welcome to this edition of Labor Vision. I'm Bob Delaney, Executive Director of the Institute for Labor Studies and Research. Labor Vision, a production of the Institute, focuses on topics of importance to working Rhode Islanders. We hope you enjoy this edition. a production of the Institute for Labor Studies and Research. I am your host, Erica Hammond, and joined with me today from the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, Local 328, is Secretary-Treasurer Dominic Pontarelli and organizer Sam Marvin. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right, I know you've both been on the show a few mm -hmm. times, um, and I know that you were just recently on Dominic talking about the stop and shop strike, so some of our viewers may already know a lot about UFCW, um, but just for those who don't, can you go into a little bit of detail about the union, who you represent? Well, we represent uh, retail, stop and shop. Uh, we have uh, nursing homes. Um, we also represent um, um, bus companies. Yep. Um, and we also represent cafeteria workers. Okay. Um, so and just about everybody, if, we, you know, if they call us, we'll, we'll represent them. Okay. And now the biggest reason that you guys are here today is to talk about the issues going on at the Durham School Services, right? Um, can you tell us a little bit about a background, uh, give us a background on the company? Sure. Uh, we had an election back in September, actually September 19th, uh, for the bus monitors, bus aides, and the bus drivers that service Cumberland Public Schools, Blackstone Valley Prep, and Providence Merrill Academy. Mm -hmm. So there's three different contracts within one schoolyard. So we actually had a campaign over last summer you know, talking about the issues that they face with on a daily basis, including low wages. Um, they, these low wages lead to uh, shortages in drivers and monitors, mm -hmm. which jeopardizes the safety uh, and the ability for these workers to do their jobs. So uh, we had a campaign, we had an election, we won the election, and uh, we're now in negotiations to try to bring wages up uh, and bring these workers a workplace of dignity and respect. And you highlighted them briefly, but can you talk a little bit more about um, some of the main issues affecting the bus drivers and monitors? Yes, um, wages is, is the, the biggest issue here. Um, the, the bus drivers, um, they start at $18 an hour and they're capped at 22. Um, the, the monitors, <laughs> it's just the, the flat rate is 11.22. I mean, you could be there 10 years and make 11.22. Right. Um, so that's, an, that's a serious issue with safety because you need to retain help mm -hmm. and pay them um, to retain help. So that's a problem with the uh, getting people to work there and, and keeping them there too. So um, the wages are the major issue in this negotiation. You mentioned there's flat rates and then there's a cap. Um, is it, I, you don't see this across like many other no. sectors, right, as a, as a norm. Um, so people who have been there, I know that Sam, you mentioned this uh, a few days ago as well. People who have been there for 20 years are still at the same rate that they were when they started or? Yeah, yeah and, and, and actually with the cap being at 21, uh, you have workers there that have been doing this job for many years, 10, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm who know their kids, they know the families, right. you know, they know their community, they know their runs, uh, they're great at what they do, um, but they're capped at $21. And you have monitors who've been there for many years, they're, they're capped at 11.22. And it's not just a, a shift that you go in and, and you work eight hours and you come home. You work in the morning, then you have some time off, then you come back and you do another, another shift, so it's a split shift. And so that gives workers you know, a tough time trying to get a second job. 
So what we're trying to do is to raise wages and that respects the work, respects the value that they bring to the community and keeps them there. And that's what the community deserves too. They deserve uh, to have a, a community partner, a good community partner in their bus service that actually affords their own employees the opportunity to build a better future, right. uh, not only for them, but for their community too. We also look at the fact that the standard rates nowadays in uh, the Teamsters Local 251, um, they just did a contract with Ocean State right. in East Providence, and the starting rates there are 1925, um, and then the same with the monitors, the starting rates are 1425. So we're way below the uh, standards, mm -hmm. and uh, that's what's going to help keep the um, people to work there and, mm -hmm. and retain the help. And safety is a major thing. I mean, so if somebody's there for five, ten years, um, they know what their job is. I mean, you're not c constantly rehiring people. It's not a revolving door. Mm -hmm. And if you can retain help, then safety is the major, it ties right into that. And these wage issues are, they're issues in and of themselves, but if the minimum wage changes, it's mm -hmm. going to become a huge minimum wage issue as well, right? Because they'll be making under. Well, I mean, uh, we understand that it's going to go to 11.50 in Rhode Island. Right. So at 11.22, um, they're going to be made minimum wage workers. Yeah. I mean, you can get a job any place for minimum wage. You can go to and you know flipping burgers. I, 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 you know, I think the issue here is that the company needs to, you know, get this message that they need to pay their workers mm -hmm. a decent pay. I mean, I know we'll go into this a little bit more soon, but it becomes a safety issue too when you have that turnover, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. You know, with Cumberland, with, with Durham School Services offering you know, the lowest wages for their monitors and drivers in the state of Rhode Island, you know, these are workers that can go work elsewhere. They can go to Lincoln, they can go to Pawtucket, they can go to Providence, they can go to East Providence and get a job making more money there. And, and like we're talking about, it really hurts the community of, of Cumberland, but also of BVP and PMA, because these parents that build these really important and special relationships with the monitors and drivers that, that carry the most precious cargo that we have, it's our mm -hmm. children, you know, they're constantly having to build new relationships with new workers, right. and, and that hurts service, that creates disruptions. And what ends up happening too is you end up having route doubling. So you have drivers going out there with now crowded buses, and that'll lead to late, uh, you know, uh, late pickups and drop-offs as mm -hmm. well, which uh, the communities don't deserve. Right. And are you finding that that's become an issue? Is late pickups and late drop-offs now? It absolutely yeah. is, and, and it, 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 this is the responsibility of management. You know, and this is what happens when you do have high turnover. Workers come, they work for a little bit, but then they find out, you know what, I can make more money elsewhere. And we actually represent the bus drivers in Middleborough, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. for a student. And they were just awarded the safest bus yard in the country uh, because they're afforded a better life. They're afforded the opportunity to, to make a better wage. So they stay. So they know their roots. They know their families. Mm -hmm. They know the kids that they drive. And it, it's really important. That's what we're trying to do in, in Cumberland. Yeah, and, and uh, just going on with that, what Sam just said, um, they've been organized for 20 years. Um, and. They have drivers that have been there 25 years. And that's saying something. And when you are the best, safest company in the United States and they're local 328 members. I mean, that's what everybody should be striving for, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, in addition to the wage, wage and turnover problems, I know that there was a complaint that was filed with DOL. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, yes. Uh, when we were having those conversations with workers uh, over the summer, last summer, they told us that they weren't being paid time and a half on Sundays and holidays. 
So this is extra work. So if they have a, a, a charter trip that they go out on a Sunday, mm -hmm. or let's say it's Thanksgiving, there's a football game and they work that, that holiday, they weren't being afforded the time and a half, which is state law. So we filed a complaint with the Department of Labor and there was, there's an investigation going on to make sure that these workers are, are compensated what they're owed. And um, there was another complaint filed, right? Uh, what was that? So we actually filed a, a charge against the company Charging for failure to uh, furnish information in a timely manner. Okay. And the labor board will actually be issuing a complaint against Durham very shortly uh, to make sure that they do what's right and mm -hmm. act as a good community partner and to come to the table and, and furnish the information that they're supposed to. And in addition to the safety concerns of high turnover, not having monitors or bus drivers who are there for, and know their students because they can't afford to stay in the job, um, there's another safety concern of the monitors or there even being monitors on buses. Can you explain this a little bit? Sure. I mean, this is a concern that we've heard since the beginning of the campaign as well, is that with the company's failure to attract and retain help, and especially at 11.22 an hour, which as Dominic pointed out, is well below the standard of what a monitor uh, should be making in the state, they lose help. Mm -hmm. And so we hear stories all the time how workers or drivers are forced to go do routes without a, a monitor on board. And this is a safety issue mm -hmm. because you have a, a bus full of, full of students and, and scholars on board, and if a bus driver is having to focus on, on the road and making sure that uh, you know, it's a, you know, they're safe out there, then uh, it's important that they have a monitor on board that can keep an eye on the kids and make sure it's a safe space. I mean, parents and community members should be outraged, right, that any buses are going out without a monitor on absolutely, board. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so true. And can you, uh, so when did the, when did workers decide to uh, join UFCW? Was that in September? Yeah, we had the election on September 19th. Okay. And how are, what's the feedback from the company? How are negotiations going so far? Well, uh, what Sam had said earlier about the uh, charge, um, the company, after we get certified, we send out an information request to the company on uh, wages, benefits, um, seniority. The company just did not respond to our request. Um, and, and that um, was in September. Se so, September, right. October, uh, October it went out. Um, we did not hear from the company. Actually, we sent a request to the company and they finally got back to us, I think in early November, a month later. Um, so at that point, right, we were behind the eight ball. We had no information to put our proposals together. So then at that time, um, we did hear from the company. Um, I got a call from the HR person in St. Louis. While they have a, uh, a HR person, person, a New England person, does all the contracts in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, and our sister local 1459 in, in Springfield. So they're for so sorry. They're forcing you to communicate with someone in St. Louis rather than the New England correct. HR person. Okay. So now we set dates for December. So we had two dates in December, um, and just didn't get much done. So then January comes, we had, we had two dates in January. You get a call from um, the person that's doing the contract in, from St. Louis and he says that he can't make it. So now we cancel out for January. Now we're looking at four months going by with just two meetings. We do have some meetings in February, but you know the tactics are to stall mm -hmm. and just push this along so we don't ever get a contract. Right. So that's our concerns. They need to sit down and bargain with us and get a contract for what these workers deserve, raises, and also what the community deserves is have safety in these buses. It seems exactly what you said, they're stalling. So it's delay, 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 
yes. until the last possible minute. Exactly. Um, now, what is the role that negotiations between the Teamsters and Ocean State Transit, what, what role has that played in this process? Do you foresee it playing in this process? Well, I, I would say right now that uh, what, you know, you said earlier about the standards and pay, um, I would just say that, that you know, that, that they all should be, if you're in union yard, then you should be doing what they do mm -hmm. and getting a contract on. The Teamsters did some really good work and uh, they finally had to, to push the company mm -hmm. the bargain and they got a contract. So right. we want, we're going to do the same thing. Absolutely. We're going to be out there informing the community about this and letting them know that uh, Durham needs to bargain in good faith. So there's a standard set now and there's you know exactly what actions worked and what to take. So yes. what's next? Well, <clears throat> as Dominic said, the big thing that we'll be doing is continuing to engage with the community because it is about them. It's about the service that you know the parents and the families of, of Cumberland and, and of BVP and PMA deserve. And as long as Durham continues to offer low wages with, with little benefits, it's going to jeopardize the safety and, and, and the service that, that these communities deserve. So. Uh, we're going to be engaging with the families at sporting events and anywhere that we can uh, to get the message, the message out about what this campaign is about. And like you said, until they change their, the wages and they um, are offering their bus drivers and monitors better benefits, it's, nothing's going to change. No. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, this is, again, this is taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. this, is, uh, this is what the community deserves, okay. you know, through, right. through, through their, their taxpayer dollars is to have a good community partner and a transit service. And again, these are our kids we're talking about. And uh, you know, that's what, who we're standing up for. And the community members who are watching now, our viewers, how can they get involved to stand up with the hardworking bus drivers and monitors right now? So Durham School Services is actually a subsidiary of a, a larger company, a worldwide company called National Express. So we're urging anybody to, to call them. And their number is 1-800-950-0485. That's their corporate number. And I think that the more that the community hears or, or, or reaches out to National Express to let them know that, hey, listen, we want a good community partner in, in Durham, you know, hopefully that will get the company to come to the table and do the right thing. All right. Well, thank you guys both so much for being thank here for talking about this issue. Um, anyone who's missed that number, we'll run it along the bottom as well. Thank Great. Thank All you right. so much. Uh, for those of you watching at home, thank you so much for watching. You're watching Labor Vision. Uh, if you've missed any of this episode, check out our new website. It's www.laborvisionri.org. Uh, thank you so much. Have a great night. Welcome to Labor Vision, a production of the Institute for Labor Studies and Research. I'm your host, Erica Hammond, and join with me today from the United Food and Commercial Workers, Local 328, is Melissa Gaithoffs, and uh, shop steward, and union representative, Joe Renzi. Thank you so much for joining us, both of you. Thank you for Thank having, you having us. us. All right. Uh, so, Melissa, why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself. I know you're the shop steward, um, you're a UFCW member. Uh, how long have you been at the store you're at? I've at the store I'm, I'm at. I've been there for almost nine years, okay. and I've been with Stop and Shop uh, for 27 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And you've yeah. been a shop steward for how long? About three years. Three years. Okay. Yeah. And Joe, how about you? Can you, uh, as the union, as a union representative, can you tell us about the stores that you represent? I do. I represent the uh, territory from Cranston in Rhode Island mm -hmm. all the way south to Stonington, uh, Connecticut. I do have a couple of facilities up in Providence and Pawtucket also. Right. Um, and let's talk about 
Marty. Uh, I know that's going to be our, that's our big topic today. So why don't we uh, talk about who he is for our viewers who don't know. Can you explain who Marty is? Marty is a robot that mm -hmm. goes around the store, um, down, not up and down every aisle. He scans every aisle uh, to detect spills. Okay. And then reports that spill over the intercom and an employee would come over and pick up the spill or okay. whatnot. Okay. And do you have any, do you want to add No, in a, in a sense, we, the members kind of work for Marty. Mm -hmm. um, so Marty just patrols the store and he'll call for somebody. So anyone in that general area is now required to stop what they're doing mm -hmm. to go over to check whatever it is Marty's having the issue with and put the reset button on it and make mm -hmm. sure it's picked up. But then you're taking time away from the things that they right. already do every day, mm -hmm. servicing the customers. They're taking that time to go. So yeah. are, are employees monitored like to uh, p make sure that they're answering those calls over the intercom? How, how does that work? Yes. Well, there's a the, once the call is in clean up in aisle ten, mm -hmm. um, it waits like thirty seconds or something, yeah. and then it says it again, and it's documented if we don't get to it in a certain amount of time or okay. someone get to it. Right. So it it is an important mm -hmm. thing now that we're supposed to be right. Doing. So you have a, a store full of people and it goes off once and then it goes off again and yes. now someone might be working with the customer but is right yes. there. I, I have to stop you for a minute because I have to take care of this. Yes, is that what exactly, okay. exactly. That happens yeah. a lot. And what has your experience been with um, this robot in the stores? Um, I've heard a lot of customers complaining about mm -hmm. it. Um, some banging into it. Um, I've heard a lot of that. Yeah. And I'm not even in the store yeah. <laughs> throughout yeah. the week. <laughs> yes, a lot of that. Um, people just generally do not care for Marty. Just, it's it's a nuisance to be going around the store, going trying to navigate the store and navigate where Marty is, getting around it. It's, um, nobody really sees a purpose, really, mm -hmm. for and Marty. Joe, do you, what about some of your some other members? What are their? Well, I, I noticed that a lot of the members uh, find it is a big inconvenience for when they're trying to load the shelves, they're doing stuff in the aisles. Here comes Marty down the aisle. Here comes a customer. Mm -hmm. Now they're at odds. Marty doesn't seem to know well enough to move out of the way. He just stops. So then the customer is at a standstill with their carriage with Marty. It's like a standoff. Yes. It's actually comical to watch yeah. because the customer is waiting for the robot to move. The robot is not moving. Um, so we've seen a lot of that happen. I've heard a lot of complaints from customers when I'm in the stores complaining about the robot themselves um, and the associates complaining that they have to stop what they're doing and run over to make sure that mm -hmm. they're picking up mm -hmm. that spill and resetting Marty. Um, it's becoming to the point where it's customers are now getting frustrated with yeah. this machine. Yes. Um, and I noticed it and I just, I wish that the company would see the customer service aspect of this is not there with this machine. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, it's funny you said it's, it's almost comical. That's actually happened to me when going down the Nile and it's busy because I always mm -hmm. seem to go to Stop and Shop when it's the most busy on like a Sunday <laughs> or something. Um, and you, you're going down the aisle and Marty was coming right towards me and do, it does, it stops and then you're like, do I go around it? Who, who's yes. supposed to who's go moving? around? Right. Yes, you're doing um, a little Especially if there's another, uh, if an employee is stocking yes. shelves and they have a large cart that they're using to stock shelves, 
do I ask them yeah. to move all of their stuff? Mm -hmm. uh, or even the shippers that are in the aisles, those little right. little cardboard things that are yes. in the aisles kind of narrows the aisle down. Yes. Yes. Now yes. They, you don't even have less room to move in. Yes. So when did these robots start showing up? You know? um, in my particular store, it was um, in January. In January? In right. January, yeah. And is that relatively the same state? Relatively, they rolled it out all around the same time. Each store kind of rolled out at a different day, usually, because um, the thing was to map out each store, and they had maintenance guys coming in um, to make sure that they did the Marty work. So they rolled it out in each store separately, but they rolled out in all the stores. And this was right at the time that we're in negotiations with the company, you know, right. trying to get a contract. And here they are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on a machine that does exactly what the Porter does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It goes around and clean up spills and look and at spills. So taking all that money out of it, but also all the time that it took to kind of map out each store, right, mm -hmm. and make sure they're seeing how it works in each store rather than devoting that time to their yeah. employees, right? Yes. It's interesting. And can you tell me about the Marty Party? Uh, I know this just took place a few weeks ago. Yes, um, on the, because on January the anniversary? 25th. Okay, yeah, tell, yeah. Me, tell me about it. On the anniversary. Um, so every store had a, um, they were doing a big Marty Party for his first birthday, mm -hmm. for its first birthday. Right. And, right, let's be clear. Uh, and every store had to do like a sheet cake and with Marty's picture on it. Stores were given stickers, um, pamphlets about the birthday party, there'll be fun and games for kids. Cake will be passed out and come celebrate Marty's birthday party. There was an employee that was standing at a table similar to this that where all the pieces of cake were and some coloring things and different different things. And um, so they wanted everybody on board to celebrate right. Marty's party. Yeah. And you said that sheet cake. There was sheet cakes and yes. everything. So who who made those sheet cakes, or where the, did they come from? The bake the bakery. Okay. Yep, the so bakery each store had each to store. make yes. x number of sheet cakes for yes, Mar like Mar or Mar one big one or a couple small ones. Yep. And how did who passed out the sheet cakes? And an employee, an employee, I, someone okay. that would normally cashier or work the service desk mm -hmm. or. So yeah. in your experience, what was the day of Marty's party like in your store? In my store, for, for me personally, as the florist, we had a, a local uh, sweetheart dance. Um, and we had a lot of corsages, boutonnieres, and things to do. And they wanted me to blow up balloons for Marty's party. So I blew up some balloons to be handed out to the kids. And um, we. I was extremely busy, mm -hmm. and we've got to celebrate Marty's party. Somebody's got to be at the table. Somebody's got to be blowing up balloons, and there was a lot of hype around it. And I was like, well, I've got to do these orders. I have to do my customers' orders. So for, for me, it was, it was kind of a frustrating day, Right. Marty's party. It was a... It was a perfect example of putting a robot above not just your human employees but your human customers. Absolutely. Um, and can you tell me about? Did uh, I know that you had mentioned your concern, or you had said something out on Facebook, um, yes. just expressing mm -hmm. basically really how this day went and yes. your frustration. Yes. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Tell us about yes. that. I um, I wrote wrote a post that about the day and about how Marty, we were celebrating Marty when I was busy doing orders and we're not celebrating me 
not that I need to be celebrated for doing the orders, but we're not celebrating birthdays, that. Employee we're not birthdays. celebrating my birthday. We're not celebrating anybody's birthday for that matter. And here we are having cake and now customers are coming in to pick up their orders. And I was just seeing all these faces that I knew and, and at the end of the day when I was reflecting on it, I was like, why can't we do this for customers? Why can't we do this for employees? Like we made such a big deal about this Marty's party, right. and we yet we've never done this right. for our customers or our employees, right. and I I think it's something that we should consider. Absolutely. Stop and shop should consider as a company. And your thoughts on the situation weren't isolated, right? No, there was a lot Tell of. Tell me about that. Um, well, there was almost ten thousand shares on it. There were um, all. 99.9% .9 of the comments were all positive, right. agreeing with Marty being just this silly robot that should not be celebrated. Right. You know. And what it, what were your thoughts on it, Joe? Well, I I saw what Melissa posted, and I was very encouraged by it. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic um, that here is someone addressing the concept of why are we celebrating machines and not celebrating people. You know, we live in a world now where machines are taking over in some aspect. Automation is coming quickly. We've seen it everywhere, and yet we're not looking at what is how it affects people. Right. What is the mm -hmm. effect on real people? And customer service doesn't come with a robot. It doesn't come with a machine. Customer service comes with a person Absolutely. addressing that customer, saying, hi, how are you? Can I help That's you? Right. What can I do for you? Um, and here we are, you know, at, at this point, looking at someone working hard, trying to get stuff done, and while someone's sitting at a table cutting cake for a robot, and it's just, why aren't we not servicing the customers more? Why aren't we not putting people on cash registers to make sure they get in and get out quickly yes. and efficiently? Um, and I read the post, and I saw the comments, and the comments were, were unbelievably supportive of making sure that we encourage people, that we sit there and we embrace people and not embrace machines. Yeah. So I, I thought it was really nice to see that kind of feedback from people. And I mean, it's understood that automation is, isn't going anywhere, right. but neither are people. Right. And we, this is what started it. People started right. this company. People, yes. it's the people that bring the people back, mm -hmm. not a robot. Right. And you had mentioned earlier that on a day like this, when you know your store is going to be busy, you especially will be busy with the dance in your mm -hmm. town on that day. I remember getting corsages and yes. stuff. When I was going through dances, it was always madness in the yes. local stop and shop. Yes. Um, but you mentioned that you had to have someone who was at, this, at, at the table passing out cakes. You had the folks in the bakery who had to be making all of these sheet cakes. Mm -hmm. And there was lines of people or there was a shortage of cashiers. So yes. it's not like there was extra people to, to put do on this. staff right. for this big party that right. they were supposed to be having to celebrate the robot. Right, um, it was using what we already had, right. which was already slim. Right, already slimming out yes. the resources. Yes, yes, definitely. And I, I wanna go back to a little bit of the, back to the customer service, and you mentioned the function of Marty. Um, and just quickly before we wrap up, the, cus the customer service is a big thing in this situation. You have to be answering to the robot that's giving you work now that you ha takes you away from the customers. And the 
the company is now celebrating a robot and not its employees who are the ones who are helping the customers every single day. Yes. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. Right? That's right. That's exactly right. It it the problem isn't the problem I had that day wasn't actually about Marty cleaning up spills and or mm -hmm. detecting spills, I should say. It was more about okay, now we have to take it a step further and celebrate a birthday. Right. For it, right. it it's now it's just, that's that's just yeah, absurd. It's a, it's a slap in the face. Too. Yes, yes, that's right. exactly how it felt. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're not done with this conversation. I think yes. it, it's it would be really great for any of our viewers to check out what you had to say because I think it was really incredible how you stood up to the company really and just expressed okay. the frustration. You guys deserve the same exact recognition, more way far more than this robot is getting. Yes, so thank you. I definitely applaud you for doing that. Thank you very much. And I want to thank, thank you, you both so much for being on Labor Vision. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Anyone who is just tuning in to this episode, uh, we are talking about what's going on at, U at uh, the, your local stop and shops. Uh, make sure you check out the UFCW page if you're not familiar with their members or the incredible work that they're doing. Um, thank you so much for watching Labor Vision. I'm your host, Erica Hammond. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Labor Vision. We appreciate your input and encourage your comments. Labor Vision can be seen on this channel three times each week, Tuesday at 7 p.m., Thursday at 8 p.m., and Saturday at 5 p.m.